I'm going to say Happy New Year, even though it's our second episode of 2024. I forgot to say that, I think, in the last episode. So, you want to talk about cars? Ferrari, GTO, Bentley, CRX, and even down to your great-granddad's peerless. Welcome to No Driving Gloves, the Car Talk Authority, where experience, knowledge, and controversy share the same seat. Enjoy the ride. Now your hosts, John and Derek. How are you doing this fine year? I'm doing wonderful. 2024 going well for you? Um, Sure. Why not? Thus far, I think <laughs> it is. <laughs> so first Thanks recording. Yeah, first recording since uh, the holidays, though, John. So how did, how did Christmas go for you? Um, Pretty good. Car-related stuff. I got my big... Uh, 54 car, 56 car wall display for my Hot Wheels. So those will be going up. A couple other little small, small things, new watches and such. Did you have a good Christmas? A lot of car gear for you. Snap on man, come and visit. I mean, I had a good Christmas. You know, not a lot of, uh, I guess in our families, we don't do a lot of adult gifts uh, to each other. We try to, there's a lot of kids in the families so a lot of times we focus on getting the kids stuff and uh, in-laws and and my own family we don't always go heavy on the the gifts to you know each other as adults we we like to focus on the kids but got some good uh, good good things that were just small gifts that will uh, definitely be put to good use in the automotive sector of life here for me and I uh, actually wound up getting one of one of the tools off of our actually your Christmas suggestions, John. So I'm excited about that. Which one did which one did you get? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, Christine, my lovely wife, uh, does occasionally listen to the show. She likes to hear uh, what we have to say, especially when those uh, Christmas lists come out. She takes a peek and thinks about what she might be able to get me. So, you know, I have used and uh, enjoy the brake fluid tester that you suggest, but I, I never, I, I, I've not had one in my personal toolbox. So I got one of those wonderful brake fluid testers. And was your brake fluid all in order? Well, I, I haven't been out to the shop to check. <laughs> Well, it's it has been a little bit cool here in the, I would say Midwest because I, I I traveled through that region over the last week. The the southern Midwest. I figured we'd look at. I'm I tried real hard with on this day, towards the end of the year, to try to keep it uplifting and upbeat. As I pointed out, there's a lot of bad news and death it seems when it comes to you know on this day a lot of people died on this day mm -hmm. to some people this will be good news 
to other people like me, cynical old me, it doesn't make sense. But I thought we might talk a little bit about the good old row your own transmission or manual transmissions. Maybe touch on some of the cars that have them. Maybe have a discussion. Why do we still have these things? I will preface. I'm very vocal and I don't understand why they exist. And I have a feeling Derek's probably a fan of them. And we didn't <laughs> talk about that because that's what the show is for. Well, yeah, it's it's surprising, John. Sound like a good direction to go? I think so. I, you know, a lot of people are saying, as, as you said, you know, try to make it uplifting and not uh, always sad about something dying. But a lot of people think the manual transmission is dead. And uh, it turns out it really isn't. It's just not as common as it used to be. Well, there's a reason it's not as common as it's as it used to be. Because nobody enjoys having fun. Is that what you're saying, John? It's kind of like those white wigs that, you know, Congress used to wear in in this country. They've kind of went to the wayside because they're antiquated and they don't really serve a function in today's society. They're fun. <laughs> Yeah, dress up on Halloween. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the wigs. They're fun. I just randomly throw one on just for the fun of it. <laughs> Pretend you're in England. Jolly old England. Yes, yes. I, I do say we shall have a discussion about these manual transmissions. So where where do we start here, John? Do we Do we talk about the cars that are here for 2024 with the manual transmission so people know that it's not dead and what they can go out and find that has a manual and honestly a, a, a few of these kind of surprised me that they're they're coming out with a manual transmission or that they they have a manual transmission some obviously do not uh, surprise me but there there are a few on here that uh, this article you sent over john that uh, that that I'm, I'm pretty surprised to see. And we're working off of a, because I, I've actually had this topic in mind for a few weeks and I keep searching and searching and trying to find something for 2024. And those articles are hard to find right now, let alone manual transmissions. So this one's actually from True Car, and they're talking about the best cars with manual transmission. So we're not talking about every car. We're not going to give you a list of every car with a manual transmission. But I'll mention as, well, since I own one of these, but with the dual clutch and not the manual transmission, a lot of the advertising I've been getting from many over the last month is buy them before they're gone because this is it for many with manual transmissions. They're going to their dual clutch and there won't be any, any manuals available in minis. And BMW has been pretty hard on getting rid of manual transmissions and they've been dropping them like crazy, but it's kind of weird. This list mentions two BMWs that are still available with manual transmissions, the uh, 2024 BMW M2 and the BMW, uh, 2024 M3, or excuse me, M M4. Is that what it's called now? I can't keep track of 
I'm I'm old school. The I hate the new numbering system with BMW, but well, they actually call it the uh, 2024 M3 on this list, which would be the four door performance sedan. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, and then they do put the M4 on here, which is basically the same car. One's two-door, one's four-door. I just recently read, and it's not on this list, but it should be the BMW Z4 will now have the same manual transmission that the GR Supra does since they're technically sister cars. How do you... What's your overall feeling? We won't dive deep yet, but... Are you a pro manual transmission car? Should we have manual transmissions? Are the you know where do you, where, what's your stance on them? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I I like manual transmissions. Uh, to me, whether it's efficient or not, you know, over a standard automatic transmission. As they say, if if you really focus your driving and your shift points and all of that, you're typically you can be more efficient with an internal combustion engine and a manual transmission. Now, the dual clutch transmission, uh, all of the computer technology that goes behind a lot of things nowadays, uh, you know, challenges that old adage, I think, and the newer automatic transmissions can certainly do better with the computer controls and and everything behind them. Uh, But to me, I think the manual transmission for a lot of people, including myself and and even my wife, it's, it's about the driving experience. It's, it's about what I call, or I, I typically refer to as truly driving an automobile to me, that means actually understanding your machine, your vehicle, and how it operates and why it does what it does. And to manually shift gears, I think, gives you the actual driving experience. It it gives you... For those of us that are, are car people or enjoy that mechanical detail, uh, you know, it it connects you more with the vehicle that you're driving rather than just, oh, I'm I'm in a I'm in a car that I just push the button, it turns on, I put it in the D, which means something, and I push this pedal on the floor and it goes, and I use this round thing in front of me to control which direction it's going and and clearly you don't have to worry about turn signals or anything like that because no one uses them anymore uh, but to me the manual transmission is kind of uh, the holdout of connecting with your vehicle understanding how it operates and for i think for a lot of us that like manual transmissions it's about the enjoyment and the fun of being able to shift gears and do what you want to do with the vehicle, not what the vehicle wants you to do with it. I think we'll all say that I'm on the other side of that. I feel I have just as much control over my car with the dual clutch. I feel for efficiency, nobody's going to be smarter than the computer. I'm never going to miss a shift. 
I've always, and I've talked about it on the podcast in the past, that manual transmissions were a necessity in the early portion of the history of the automobile in that we didn't have the technology to have automatics and to let the car shift itself. But we have to remember the pop, one of the most popular things about the electric car at the turn of the last century was its simplicity and that you didn't have to shift, that it just went, you know, it just did what it did. And then as we progressed through the 20th century, the pre-selector gearboxes came out and were extremely popular in racing because they allowed you to select your next gear, push the clutch pedal in, release the clutch pedal, and the gear would shift. So you were always ready for that next point on the track. They just weren't 100% reliable, and they weren't as reliable as a shift-your-own-manual transmission. Hence, they went away, and the manual remained. And that's what I think most of our driving enthusiasts say is, oh, race cars always had these, and they're the greatest things, and we it's a good technology. No, it was a technology that race car drivers were looking to get beyond. I remember when Ferrari came out with their first semi-automatic gearboxes in uh, Formula One. I can't say their first, but in the 90s. And they started to take the gear level levers out of the cars and go to these paddle shifters. There wasn't this, oh, we're losing the manual transmission. This is a more efficient way and faster way of operating the automobile. We cling to this romanticism and this, oh, this is the way it should be. This is the way all the, you know, the racing drivers wanted it. I feel faster. The racing drivers want A to B as fast as they can, start to finish as fast as they can. They don't care if they shift themselves, the car shifts themselves, or some guy in a computer or a control tower shifting the car for them. They don't care. They want to get A to B as fast as they can and have the proper gear for where they're at. I just don't understand. To me, it's the same argument as... Hey, the handsaw cut wood. Let's just keep the handsaw. Why do we need a saw stop power table saw? Or why do we need a miter saw? A handsaw did it just as well. And it was manual. And you got the feeling. And there was that mechanical connection to you and the wood, you know, through the tool. That's, you know, technology moves. Let's move on, people. Wait, John, tell, tell me more about this power table saw. What is this? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't disagree with you on any of those points, John. Uh, you know, it's the modern automatic transmission is more efficient with the computer controls behind it. Uh, yeah, you know, racing, uh, most racing or a lot of racing has gone to automatic transmissions. Obviously, as we go into the electric car world and, and even the hybrid car world, uh, you know, we're going to see more of exactly what you talked about, John, the simplicity of electric vehicles not needing, uh, you know, manually shifted transmissions and, and gears and all of these things that the electric motors can 
handle and the computers can handle within. And, and maybe it is just some of us in the car world that, that want to hold on to a, like I say, for me, I think it's more of the mechanical interest. It's, it's why I like old clocks. It's why a lot of car collectors like old clocks and, and watches and things like that, because they're, they're mechanically interesting. There's gears that are driving things. There's, there's just this uh, kind of wonderment, if you will, of the mechanical operations behind these machines. And I think when you have, when you have an automatic transmission, I think some of that gets lost. I, I think it just, at least again, for those of us in the car world that are, deeply interested in in the inner workings you know to me uh, a brand new oh okay I'll, I'll use my chevy malibu that i have automatic transmission you know small engine with a turbo to make it have more power you know i get in it i start it i drive it and what's the difference between it and the washing machine to me? There's, there's not a lot. There's not, you know, it's, it's just a, another appliance that I use to get from point A to point B. And I don't sit there and think about the inner workings of it, right? I don't sit there and think about the engine and this and this, but in a car with an auto, uh, uh, with a manual transmission, you kind of think about it, right? You, okay, I've, I've got the, you know, the revs up to a certain point. That's my shift point. I want to shift into the next gear, you know, I'm, and, and you think about everything from the mechanical aspect. And I, I think that's uh, kind of the, the draw for a lot of us with the manual transmission. Well, you made the comparison with your Malibu and I can do, I'll do a hand in hand. My Ford uh, Fiesta, very basic transportation, uh, automatic transmission. It does have a little button to go plus or minus, so you can pretend you're shifting it. But we all know it's a real automatic, and the computer controls the whole thing. And the car goes. The car is is an appliance. I use it as an appliance. Point A to point B. Put 34,000 miles on that car in the last year. Ironically, I bought it a year ago yesterday as of the recording. And 2023 looks like it's going down as the only year since I got my driver's license that I have not purchased a vehicle. So history is being made this year. But on the flip side, yesterday, going out to the lake, popped in the mini, popped the thing into manual mode. And I had the exact same feelings as you described. I'm able to shift up through it. I'm able to run run it up close to red line. I mean, if I want to, I can run it to red line, but I'm never going to get out of like second gear uh, before I've exceeded the speed limits. And you get that nice little shifter kick, you know, that whatever that little setback in the seat as you shift gears, the neat exhaust burble that that car has. And I'm always, and I'm sitting there thinking, boy, it's, I'm, uh, you know, here I am running in, you know, M4. And I know gear five is selected, M5 selected, and it's ready for me to grab, you know, fifth gear. It's already thought that far ahead. You know, it's 
it, you know, that's the way that this dual clutches work is there's technically two transmissions and they're anticipating the next shift. That's very accelerate, exhilarating to me. Don't have to worry about missing the shift as you're coming into, you know, coming into a corner, you know, maybe a little too fast. You can, you know, just pop it down into gear. Uh, the proper rev matching's done. You don't have to worry about the car coming around on you or loss of control, really. I get the same exhilaration driving that and shifting through the gears as I do any manual that I've ever had. You know, Ferrari's given up on it. Lamborghini's given up on it. Porsche's damn near given up on it. I mean, the... Uh, Carrera, 911 Carrera lineups available manual still in certain models. And the um, Boxster Cayman lineup ha still have it until those go electric. But, I mean, pretty much Porsche's given up on even the manual transmissions. The true sports car people, these people that drive the industry, have let it go. The companies that are keeping it are doing it to satisfy, you know, the the want. I mean, you look at this list. We've got Toyota on it. We BMW is probably the most prestigious, with the exception of the the mention of the Carrera. Nissan's on this list. Oh, surprisingly, Mazda isn't, and I had to go back and check. Miata is still available in a manual transmission. You know, they are slightly enthusiast cars. Nothing on this list is a hundred grand or more, which makes me go back to your watch conversation because I'm a watch person and I love a mechanical watch. And we're in a society that people will pay 10, 20, 30, 80 thousand dollars for a mechanical watch that your $500 Apple Watch will keep better time than that's your. $17 Timex from Walmart will keep better time than. Yes, there's that romanticism about it, but the high-end market still exists for it. You're not going to buy a cheap mechanical watch, per se. Sheffield does have a nice one coming out for with a Seiko movement for under 200 bucks, but there's really not a lot on that low end. You've got to start spending greater than Apple Watch money to get into, you know, a mechanical wristwatch. Where when it comes to cars and manual transmissions, you have to spend, keep the analogy here, less than Apple Watch money to get a manual transmission. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, too bad. The, the You know, the Rolexes of the car world are not selling you manual transmissions. But the Casios of the car world are. There is an argument that what you said on the watches that you like to think of how they work and that, but it's to me a slightly different market, slightly different thinking. Similar, but very different. Going to the list, the new Integra came out. And of course, Honda threw a manual transmission into it or Acura for those that, don't realize there's the same company. The manual transmission was already developed for the Civic, which is what the Integra is always based off of. 
you know, the GR Corolla has it, but Jesus, they're charging you double what a Corolla costs so you can have some fender flares, 10 extra horsepower, and a manual transmission. And in some cases, even more money so that you don't have a back seat and roll down rear windows. I want you out there, listeners, tell me why the heck I should like a manual transmission. I just have a hard time accepting that this piece of technology should not have went the way of the hand crank windows, you know, of the world or the floor dimmer switch for our bright lights. Well, and I think, John, you know, it. I think the other thing that I hear people I know talk about, I think what this boils down to is really just it's it's a lot of personal preference, right? It's just what you as a person like in your individual machine, in your individual vehicle. But I know a, a lot of the people that I talk to and and you know, know in this car community that we spend so much time in. It's also a lot of people just don't like how computerized everything has become in the car, right? I mean, it's just part of it is there, there are a lot of people that like the manual transmission because it's not more electronics. It's not, you know, as heavily electronic and computerized as the dual clutches and the automatic transmissions of the world are at this point. And, you know, there's still a handful. Uh, maybe we could do this with <laughs> with every antiquated feature of a vehicle. Uh, but, you know, there, I know a lot of a lot of people that still look for uh, a good old what we used to call work truck, the old WTs. And, you know, they're looking for a truck with a manual transmission, roll down windows, manual locks and a rubber floor mat. And surprisingly, there are a few trucks that you can still get very basic uh, equipment in. Again, coming down to that individual preference, just kind of the idea of the limited amount of electronics that are going into an automobile. And again, it's an antiquated idea, right? Everything says in this world that uh, we should progress forward with technology and we should make things easier and simpler and you know better for everyone but sometimes there's people like well me in this world that don't like all the computerized stuff and sometimes i just want to have a good old manually operated piece of equipment and I fully understand that. And you want that manual connection and you want the mechanical feel and you want the feedback. So go buy a damn old car. I do. I mean, That's what I do. They're fun. <laughs> I mean, even if you are love your brand new cars, go out and buy, you know, a, a second generation Miata. It's going to be just as reliable as any damn thing you buy now. Buy a first-generation Miata. Buy an old Porsche, and then you can have some of the mechanical prob problems that, you know, add to this. 
the tech the stuff's there if you want it and it's like you just said with the the work truck people want these manual transmission roll down windows rubber floor mat trucks and it's it's a little bit of a different discussion but i mean there's new trucks that are all of that except you know automatic but if you want that, you go back and buy it. And that's the reason, you know, first-generation Broncos are worth so much money. And people are paying virtually new truck prices, new work truck prices for square-body Chevys. And they're great vehicles. But you, if you want the feeling of a time period, buy the time period. Don't go out and buy a new Integra. That has navigation and touchscreen. I'm not going to insult the airbags for safety, but I mean, leather interior and climate control and power windows and power seats. Just and but I want I want the feel of a manual transmission. If you want that, go out and buy a damn 1992 Integra and people are doing it you know look at what the integra type r's are doing from 2000 you know they're selling for new if not multiple times new prices because people want them and they're enjoyable i guess i'll ju jump back to the mechanical watch you don't go out and buy your fancy uh insert whatever you know, multi-thousand dollar mechanical watch into this. But, you know, it would be really nice to have uh, a digital readout on it. Or, you know, it'd really be nice to get text messages on my Rolex. Something tells me there is one or two mechanical watches that will do that now. But what do you really want? What are you really wanting? Are you wanting that nostalgia? Or are you wanting to pretend to have that nostalgia, but all the creature comforts of the world. And that's my problem with these lists that come out, the 20 greatest manual transmission cars. These are the only cars you can buy with a manual transmission in 2019, 2020, what, whatever damn year it is. These lists have been coming out for, I don't know, 15, 20 years now. It's, it's time to say goodbye. There's millions and millions of cars out there with manual transmissions that will give you all that feeling of shifting and enjoying. They just don't necessarily do it with all the creature comforts and you being coddled with everything but this one, you know, antiquated piece of technology. It's, you know, I want a uh, refrigerator that precise you know makes me ice and precisely controls the temperature in that but instead of plugging it into the wall i want to be able to bring cubes of ice to it so that it cools using all natural ice you know these this is the pictures that i get of these people that are going out and buying you know the new elantra with a manual transmission or what the heck does a, a Volkswagen Jetta even have a manual transmission for anymore? Nissan Versa comes with it supposedly for money, but it can't be any cheaper for Nissan to make a manual transmission Versa that they only are probably going to sell 1% of the production with that manual transmission. 
it costs them more to have that, but they're able to be on that list and be mentioned somewhere else. The publicity is worth it. You know, it's it's going to get, uh, and, and I don't want to get into the conversation today, John, but I want to bring it up because when you were talking about that and some of the points you were making, we talked pre-show about some other topics that we're going to be talking about in the next few weeks, likely. And, you know, you talked about if, if you, if you want this manual transmission, go back and, and buy something from a bygone era and you're not going to get coddled with all the creature comforts and things. And it just made me think about, again, customized cars and, and that term we love so much on the show, resto mods and, and things like that, where, people might be buying cars of a bygone era for some of the styling cues and the mechanical features and then customizing it to have all the creature comforts, but wanting the, the antiquated, uh, some of the antiquated equipment and feel of an early car. Uh, so maybe something to talk about when we talk about that, uh, or when we bring up that topic we discussed in the pre-show, John, we can connect it back to this manual uh, transmission conversation. Yeah, as you were saying that, it, it popped into my head. There's this old character from Saturday Night Live paid, played by Billy Crystal, and I've always been a Billy Crystal fan, from Ando. And his line was, I'd rather look good than feel good. That's kind of the manual transmission. If you want to look good in your manual transmission and be that ultimate car guy, you might not feel so good because it's a little uncomfortable. But what you're trying to do is look good and feel good. And Derek's right. It's like the Restro Mod. You know, I want to look like I'm in my 63 Corvette, but I want all the comforts of a C7 Corvette. So I had the body of a 63 put on a C7, you know, a late model Corvette. You just can't have both. Decide what you want. And if you want to be in that time frame, be in that time frame. That's kind of what. I guess, you know, I guess my thinking is because I'll be honest, I've been toying with the idea of another Porsche and I've kind of decided I'm going to be okay with the, you know, dual clutch and that. Uh, I've even kind of said maybe I'll go ahead if, because I'll probably buy something older. I might go ahead and get a tip tonic, which is not the greatest transmission in the world. But I'll be able to shift when I want to and when I just want to be in the car to have that Porsche of experience, I can let it stay in auto mode. Yeah, John, can I can I jump in real quick? Because you said something interesting about, you know, being in a bygone era. And it, it made me think about. And, and, you know, there could be probably some or there may be some market research behind this. But it made me think about the cars that have been developed over time that in some way were meant to be throwbacks, right? So for me, what I'm what popped in my head was because I owned one, the Pontiac Solstice. So the Pontiac 
you know, Solstice, Saturn, Sky lineup. And, you know, they were the way Bob Lutz and GM had thought about that was it was an attempt to return to the original idea of the Corvette as a sports car, small, lightweight, two seat, something not as advanced as Corvette had become when they brought that car out. Manual, yeah, there were automatics, but there were a lot of manual transmission, uh, solstice and skies. And it didn't succeed. Right. So maybe there is some market research that can or has been done, because again, I, I don't dig into a lot of that. Sometimes we get on a topic and we just start discussing here. But the failure of some of those could be this, you know, the the evidence of the manual transmission. Like you say, John, it's 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 bygone. It it's antiquated. It it can go away. Because when they bring these throwbacks, throwback vehicles out, if they're not successful, then that's saying something, right? If if only 2% of the market is interested in it, well, then you're right. It's, it's bygone. It's antiquated. It's only going to be interesting to a small number of people. And as a majority rules, we need to move on. Well, let's let's use your example there. Because it's very good. The sky and the solstice from Bob Lutz. And Bob Lutz, I love the man. Um, I've reached out to him and tried to get him on the show. He He's a genius. He understands cars. He understands car people. The, the solstice and the sky, and actually Opal had their version of it too in Europe, were wonderful cars. They were throwbacks to a point. Unfortunately, the styling was very modern, especially on the Solstice. There was really no retro throwback to the Solstice. A little, little bit, maybe, on the sky. Well, no, you're, you're, you're probably not thinking of the car that the Solstice was more so meant to look like. It wasn't meant to look like the Corvette. It was meant to look like the Opal. No. The styling cues were more taken off the original concept car of the Pontiac Bonneville, which was the Corvette-based Pontiac concept car. The Miata did it very well in 1990. You know, and but Japan basically made a reliable Lotus. I mean, and they did all the styling cues from the pop-up headlamps to the way the valve cover was designed to the way the transmission felt. That was a very good throwback. There's a reason people, you know, you can't find a junk Miata for less than three grand. You've never been able to, and they're still a little bit high now. Uh, Bob Lutz did it in 1990. Well, ironically, we're recording this on December 31st. And December 31st, 2023. And what would that be? 34, 35 years ago, roughly. January 7th, 1989, Bob Lutz introduced the Dodge Viper at the North American Auto Show in Chicago, Illinois. And that was a no excuses 
throwback sports car. You know, no door handles, no roll-up windows, no traction control. And people fell in love with it until people started buying it and dying in it because the car was a throwback to the Cobra and had too much power for people that weren't smart enough to drive it. Uh, I mean, Kelsey Grammer famously, you know, totaled his because, you know, you know. see, that was a good throwback because when you th- when Bob Lutz does these throwbacks, they're th- throwbacks to the era and they try to replicate as much as they possibly can. But when you kind of half-ass it like with the Prowler or the... PT Cruiser or the SSR, it, you know, you, yeah, you get a little bit of the styling, but you get a lot of this modernism to it. Either do it or don't do it. And unfortunately, because of regulations, we can't build, you know, you can't build another Viper today, even from 94. You can't build a new Cobra today. You can't build a Lotus Elan today. You know, these sports cars that were really thought of as true sports cars, you can't go back and do that. The world has moved beyond it. The laws have moved beyond it. The people may not have, but I think our only hope is to look back and buy. If you want nostalgia, buy nostalgia. If you want modern amenities, buy modern amenities. It's been tried and it has been done successfully a few times, but it's been done successfully with the right vehicles. Even done successfully, the Viper, if you look at the numbers produced and sold, it's a very small market. You know, it's it's still a very small segment of the market that's going to buy it, much like modern cars with manual transmissions. Now it's, it's a very small segment of the market, but the Viper's always been an expensive car. That's why the Solstice sold so well. That's why the Miata sold so well. They did it right at a very consumer friendly price point. You know, the Viper, when it came out was 56, $57,000 when the average new car was 20. When the Viper And, you know, for an unsuccessful car, the Viper sure had a long lifespan. I mean, it technically was around and in production 20 years of its 25, 27 years of existence. And it didn't sell a lot, but it was always an expensive car. It was always as much as, if not more than a Corvette. And the Corvette added a lot of driver amenities that the Viper, even the most flush, comfortable Viper didn't have. Getting back to the manual transmissions, I, I'm i going to conclude it just what I said earlier. It's like bringing, you know, it's like bringing a handsaw to a power tool, to a chainsaw competition. It's like bringing, you know, a 1888 Colt revolver, you know, to a, modern front line, you know, with automatic weapons and tanks. 
It's old. It's neat. It's romantic. It's neat to have. It's neat to say, you know how it works. I mean, there's still something to a pride of saying, you know how the hell a Model T drives and shifts. There's not a lot of people that do that anymore. Why don't we bring back that, the planetary manual transmission? <laughs> well, the planetary is actually an, essentially an automatic transmission that you manually shift. So it's the best of both worlds, right? <laughs> uh, I, I'm picturing that when I tried to teach people to drive Model Ts at the, the museum. But now, to each his own... I'm going to be the guy that when you see a post on Facebook, like, what's wrong with this Ferrari 458? Oh, it's got a manual conversion. And yeah, people do it. Why the hell do I want to do that? Why do I want to destroy my Ferrari 458? Uh, it's like doing a, um, a spider conversion to your 365 Ferrari Daytona. I'm, I, it's going to take a lot of work to convince me otherwise. But I want the listeners to try to convince me. Or on the other hand, try to convince Derek he's wrong. I'm never wrong. <laughs> it's bad when you're on a podcast with two people that are never wrong and they have differing opinions. Makes it more interesting. I hope this was a good episode to the beginning of the year. Derek and I are still talking about the live streaming uh, to discuss the future of the automotive hobby and maybe how the clubs are hurting it, it, what we can do to forward it, the bad thinking in the hobby that we feel is what's driving the youth out. But we're thinking about that. And I threw out to Derek seriously before the show, we might be looking at doing some of the live streams. Maybe they'll just be the uh, no driving gloves after dark. I want to get back to a little bit of live streaming. I want your, two-way interaction and conversation. And this would have been another good episode to have the listeners chime in and John bash through the whole thing. Yeah. That's what we're waiting for. <laughs> because John's wrong. Long live the manual transmission. History will prove otherwise. Do you have anything to close out, Derek? I'll let you uh, wrap it up. Oh, I don't think so, John. I think it was a good episode, and I, I'm I'm interested to hear what listeners have to say. I, I want to hear if you know manual transmissions are are done for, or uh, if they think they should make a uh, comeback in every vehicle. Yeah, just get back to you know. I think I think if we had more manual transmissions, people would put their phone down. As somebody who used to have a manual transmission and a phone. And smoke cigarettes at the time. Yeah, no, it did. It wouldn't change. No, anything. it it. <laughs> I could do all three things at once. Ah, ah. Maybe people just need to put the phone down, no matter what. But anyway, that's all I got. So, well, with that, you know what I'm going to tell you to do. It's time to get off your ass, burn some gas, and the John is. This show was a part of the No Driving Gloves Network, produced and edited by John Viviani of Magic City Podcast, with voice work by Gary Conger. So until the next exit...